Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A lot of teams need quarterbacks. I mean, look at the entire NFC South. Like, all four teams literally uh, could use a quarterback upgrade. So, if he wants to go somewhere else, he's probably going to have choices. It's just a matter of waiting, as you say, for him to come out of his darkness retreat and and we'll all find out if he saw his shadow. Waiting on Aaron Rodgers' decision. That's Dan Graziano. Joining us on the Western Hotline, Joe Marino, the Draft Network and Locked On Bills podcast for a uh, you know, NFL conversation. We'll talk about, of course, the Bills, their offseason, and uh, whip around. I've got some division stuff to get to as well, including the Rodgers stuff. Joe, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on again. We're closing in on the Combine, so that that's like the next big thing to happen with the franchise tag deadline open as well. We're waiting on franchise tags, but uh be a couple of weeks on some of those big decisions. I, I wonder, Joe, if we could start there. What do you make of the Lamar Jackson stuff and, and what Baltimore ultimately – should do and I mean teams don't often walk away from quarterbacks really ever especially if they're young and productive um how, how tough a call do you think it should be for Baltimore to make here well I think it is an extremely tough situation for them and um you know they've gotten some great production from Lamar Jackson obviously the MVP season uh, a lot of wins right that that's that's been pretty true throughout the entire time um, and then you also simultaneously have some questions about his development and how much of uh, his development has been hindered by not being able to function in an offense outside of what Greg Roman has given to him. And you see that they have Todd Munkin now as their offensive coordinator, and that's intriguing for any quarterback to go play in. And, you know, it, what's exciting about Lamar Jackson in general is that next season he won't be with Greg Roman. So whether that's in Baltimore or somewhere else, we're going to see him run a different offense, which could unlock some different components of Lamar's game, which I'm excited about. But, yeah, I I don't envy the decision that they have to make. I think one of the big mistakes that happened across the NFL is committing massive amounts of money to the wrong quarterback. And um, for as much success as Lamar Jackson has had, I I have concerns about forecasting him forward, given his style of play, given the way the injuries have been there the last several seasons, um, given – how I think his skill set's going to age. You know, there's a lot of questions there, and so I don't think it's an easy easy decision for the Baltimore Ravens, especially when you consider the amount of young talent that they've had into this um, this team over the last several years, a ton of draft picks. And so maybe the timing is good to move on, but, you know, for what he's done in that five-year stretch, it's, it's pretty doggone impressive, and, and I'm sure it's not an easy – uh, decision for Eric DaCosta to make. And I think about, look, go, going back to when he was a prospect, there were some challenges that teams were reporting about just getting a hold of him and being able to, you know, bring him in for meetings. And, you know, here we are, it's 
feels like the contract negotiation side has also been complicated as well as he doesn't have representation. So it's a tough situation all the way around there. Yeah, the, the decision whether or not they're going to bring him in and pay him, and then, of course, how they would surround him with talent, something that they probably have not done well enough throughout his entire time. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, especially, it, it seems like whether it's been, at times, the O-line, at times, you know, wide receiver, then there's been injuries, right, not having his backfield mates that have made him successful. So I think you've had a lot of instability with what he's had at his disposal, and sometimes you're impressed with just how much he's been able to overcome and still be productive. And so for stable of a situation as it feels like Baltimore can be, I think when you, when you laser that in from uh, Lamar's perspective, there's been some real challenges. Joe Marino of the Draft Network on the Wester Hotline. If you were Lamar, would you have a certain and, – and you were set on going somewhere else. Would you have a certain spot that you'd want to go? Because if that does happen, he's going to have, all, I mean, a ton of leverage and power in that, in that situation. Yeah, if I'm Lamar, I'd be really interested in going to Atlanta where I feel like with Arthur Smith, that's a play caller and an and, – the way that he wants to run an offense that I think meshes really well with Lamar Jackson's skill set, whether it's the um, the play-action heavy dynamics, the, the run game dynamics, um, the usage of motion and, and how I think he can maximize the offensive personnel, going to a situation where I think they have a good offensive line. Kyle Pitts is there. Drake London is there. Uh, Cordell Patterson in the backfield, a nice young running back at Tyler Algier. You know, I feel like whether it's, the infrastructure personnel-wise, the coaching in Arthur Smith, a division like the NFC South where you feel like it's wide open, you know, get yourself out of the AFC where all the other good quarterbacks are. You know, I think that would be an attractive destination for me if I'm, if I'm Lamar. And, you know, certainly it looks like for Atlanta, you're probably looking at a make-or-break year for Arthur Smith and, you know, a lot of young talent, but it's time for it to all come together and you feel like just all the way around it would make sense. One other AFC quarterback, potentially AFC quarterback to talk about, Aaron Rodgers. Joe, if Aaron Rodgers quarterbacks the Jets, how good are they? And I guess you could say that for, um, I'll follow up with Derek Carr on the Jets or Garoppolo on the Jets. There there seems to be, I think, a general consensus that if the Jets got good to great quarterbacking, that they would be a legitimate contender. And I wonder how far you'd be be willing to go on the supporting cast, the Jets' 52-man roster, without the quarterback in the mix yet. Yeah, I think they're they're a really dangerous football team if they get what you mentioned there, good to even above average quarterback play. I mean, defensively, we saw what this team can do last year, a ton of young talent that's only going to get better, and so you feel good about the defense. But offensively, it's there too. And and think about the guys that are going to come back from injuries, right? Everyone's excited about Garrett Wilson, um, but Brees Hall is going to come back healthy, and we saw what he did early in the season. Elijah Vera Tucker at, at guard, who was a really nice young player for them, that they also lost last year. And so um, I think they're going to get better just because they're going to get players back in healthy. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, putting putting a quarterback that's better than Zach Wilson slash Joe Flacco slash Mike White is going to really elevate this football team. I think I think with Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think they're probably a team that it, it, I would expect to win around 10 games and, and be a threat in the AFC East and certainly be – yeah, uh, one of the playoff teams. So yeah, I think they're I think they're that type of team where a a quarterback like a Carr or a Rodgers really changes my expectations for them. Do you feel like you know what Rodgers is at this point? I mean, he his numbers were not good last year, but he was also dealing with a thumb injury. I I'm torn, Joe, because I want to give him somewhat of a pass 
for his surrounding cast in Green Bay. Like the the receivers mostly, right? Like yeah. for how depleted they were. But at the same time, I also want to I want to think that Tom Brady has just made us think all these guys are going to play forever when the norm is by this age, I mean, Rodgers will be 40 during next season. That's about when these guys start to look shot. So where are you at with Rodgers? Would you expect that, hey, you just fix the supporting cast and he's going to be just as good as he's been? Well, I think he'll be better than he was last year. And, I mean, what was the guy throwing, like, three rookies at receiver? Uh, it really, I mean, just nothing ex- nothing explosive in the passing game that, that has experience, right, at receiver or even tight end. And a ton of injuries for the offensive line has, has been the case for the last several years. And then even defensively, you know, they had a bunch of injuries. So it's, you know, it's 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 easy to look at as a one-off, but like you mentioned there, the age there creeps in and you start to wonder about how high of a level he can play at moving forward. I think he can play better than he did last year, but, um, yeah, the age is going to catch up with him. And, and, yeah, I think we shouldn't hold everyone to this Tom Brady standard. He's the absolute outlier of outliers. That's not normal. And so expecting other guys to do that is, is pretty unlikely. I think with, with, with any team that acquires Aaron Rodgers – you got to ask yourself some hard questions about whether you want to sign up for that circus, right? For as good as he's been, right? He's been the NFL MVP two of the last three seasons, right? The uncertainty, what's what's happened every single offseason where you're dominating headlines and, and somehow everything's about you all the time. And a 40-year-old quarterback this year, probably going to have to give up a first-round pick. Like, you have to ask yourself some questions about whether you want to sign up for this. And you think about the Jets, and I mean, they just, they've gotten the quarterback position wrong time after time after time after time, right? I mean, maybe maybe you could make a case that really never they've had it fully taken care of. And you could feel some desperation here, whether it's from ownership to get that quarterback position right, uh, whether it's Robert Sala, the head coach, and, and Joe Douglas entering uh, what we would think is probably a make-or-break season for them. Like, mm-hmm. put your chips in or else you're not going to be there beyond this season. And so I can really see this happening, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be super – uh, eager to sign up for that Aaron Rodgers circus based on the way it's been the last several off seasons. Yeah, Peter King wrote someone in the NFL told him that Rodgers might be worth more trouble than he's worth. So that sentiment is out there. How different are the Jets with Derek Carr for you than the Jets with Aaron Rodgers? Well, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is a better player than Derek Carr, but I think I'm more interested if I'm the Jets and Derek Carr because I feel like there's more of a long-term path there. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers, maybe one more season, maybe two, especially giving up uh, premium draft capital for that versus just signing Derek Carr uh, when your remainder of team's really good. Um, I, I like my uh, my chances of maximizing that and having some staying power because what are you, you going to do? You're going to get Aaron Rodgers, and let's say he even gives you two seasons. Now you're right back in this mix of trying to find a quarterback. Uh, so I'd want some more stability there, and I'd be more interested in the Derek Carr route if I'm the Jets, um, to be completely honest with you, even though right now it's, he's, you might get a better season next year out of Rodgers than you would Carr. Joe Marino of the Locked on Bills podcast and the Draft Network. All right, Joe, to switch gears to the Bills, the franchise tag window is open. I don't think many people expect it for uh, Tremaine Edmonds or for Jordan Poyer. Poyer, I think we all – feel might be closer to gone than Edmonds there's an age issue there's the whatever like looking toward the future for the Bills let's talk about replacing Jordan Poyer if the Bills are in the market to do that how how difficult is that and do you think there are safeties they can get to play 
this position in a Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier defense, that's how they get Poyer, right? They, they identify a guy they think can do the job, and it turns into, a obviously, a, a great win for them. Is it, a, is it a draft pick, or do you think there's good value at that position and the way that these defensive coaches ask their safeties to play that position, what are they looking for in a replacement for Jordan Poyer? Well, what's interesting about Sean McDermott's entire history with safeties is it's felt like he's been able to maximize a lot of guys you wouldn't expect, whether it's Jordan Poyer, who was a seventh-round pick at corner, you know, didn't really work out in Philly, goes to Cleveland, doesn't really amount to much, signs a low-level deal with the Bills and becomes one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, you go back to Carolina. I mean, even, even Micah Hyde, right? I mean, a fifth-round pick that the Packers didn't offer a contract to, and the Bills signed him and you know, all of a sudden he's a star. Uh, you look at Carolina with guys like Mike Mitchell and Kirk Coleman, and it's it felt like uh, Trey Boston. It felt like whoever they, they put back there, they were able to get production out of. And so McDermott's history maximizing safeties is, is really, really impressive. And so when I think about what they've looked for in the past that they've been successful with, is safeties that have experience at corner. They're kind of converting corners into safeties because I think they like how – um, that entire vision of being able to space the field, having them that experience at corner and, and sliding it over to safety, it's going to help them at that position. And so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a cornerback conversion. Um, and maybe that's Christian Benford, which, you know, they, they obviously like him. I mean, the guy started over Kyrie Elam in the first three weeks of the season. That's, that says a lot. Um, and so I think about the ball production that he had at Villanova, I think like 10 interceptions, like 40-something pass breakups, a guy that has a dense build that's physical, um, that obviously was smart enough to pick it up real quick to be able to start you know, those early games. Um, I can really see him being part of the vision to, to play alongside Micah Hyde and, and then you know, moving forward with him as the other safety. But there also could be maybe somebody from outside the organization that they want to bring in and give that opportunity. There's certainly draft picks. Uh, that I like this year at safety that they could they, they could tap into. So uh, I think that they will explore their options. I think if, if, if there's a path for Jordan Poyer to be back in Buffalo, it's that his market isn't what he think it's gonna, thinks it's going to be um, when teams are able to start negotiating, right? We, I think we understand that the most important thing for Jordan Poyer is money, right? He wants to get paid um, a premium amount of money for what he's proven in the NFL. And maybe the timing for that's not very good. He's 32 years old. He had two different elbow injuries, a rib injury, foot injury, concussion at the end. You know, it's, it's not necessarily like he had a bad season, but there's some dynamics here, whether it's age or injuries, that maybe doesn't position him that well to go out and get this massive contract that he probably thinks he's owed. And so if things are close and the Bills have an offer on the table for him, that's probably your best path to getting Poyer back in Buffalo. But um, I think given McDermott's track record and some of the options that exist I, I could see them kind of leaning into that and just moving on if they decide to draft safety I think it might be one of the spots defensively that Bills fans could understand why they might do that the name I see a lot mocked to them is Antonio Johnson of Texas A&M I wonder your thoughts on him and any other potential first round second round safeties do you think it's worthy of a, of a spot that high with a with a day one or a day two pick well, Antonio Johnson on Texas A&M is a player that I like. I don't know that I love him. I think he's more of a, a day-two pick. If the Bills are to pick him, I would be hopeful it's at the end of the second round. Uh, would, wouldn't love him in the first round. He's a nice player. There's versatility. He's got good size. He's physical. Uh, I like that he's been tasked with playing in, in deep alignments, split zones, sometimes in the slot. 
but he's he's got some limitations. I mean, he's kind of a tall, high hip player that is segmented when changing directions, and I don't know that he's very sudden. So I like the physicality. I like the linear athleticism, but the change of direction ability and, and just I think some of the restrictions that that presents both as a, from man coverage from the slot but also just changing directions and getting in good pursuit angles. So there's some concerns that I have there. I think he can be a starter, um, but I wouldn't love him at the end of the first round, to be honest with you. If there's a first-round safety, there's a guy that i pull the trigger on in the first round. It's Brian Branch out of Alabama, who is would be, I, I, I don't know if he gets to 27, but the safeties are always weird. They always seem to fall a little bit. Um, but you know, he's, he's a, a guy that I think can legitimately do everything. He could play man from the slot. You could play him one high. He can be a plus one defender against the run playing as a low safety. Um, split zone, certainly. Uh, really outstanding tackler. Love how he plays through contact. He's got ball production. Like I think he's a limitless player. I think he's a, absolutely a do-everything safety that's interchangeable that um, can really be a matchup neutralizer in so many different ways, whether it's against a running quarterback, uh, whether it's as a rat-in-the-hole defender and when you want to kind of do some, some cover-one looks. Um, man, I just think he can do so much. So if there's a safety in the first round that really excites me, it's Brian Branch out of Alabama. But you could tell me that – Brian Branch would be the 12th pick in the draft. You could tell me he'd be the 27th pick in the draft, and I'd probably believe you. Yeah, as you describe him, Joe, it seems like the last three, four, five years, hybrid safety playmakers do all. They become darlings of mm-hmm. the first round, and they find themselves. It feels like mock drafts, it's exactly what you say. They move up, and then on draft day, it's I can't believe they are available at yeah. you know 16. Ky- Kyle Hamilton like, was exact- being mocked in like the top five. Yep. And what did he go, like 16th or something? Yeah, it's exactly like who I'm thinking of, the kind of player that, oh, wow, add that guy to your defense, and he allows you to do a lot of different things. Yeah, and you know, look, I, I, I think Brian Branch is certainly at the top of the list, um, but there's not – it's not like it's like Sidney Brown out of Illinois, I think, is another player that's maybe your discount version of that, that you say, yeah, maybe we, we, we don't want to use the first-round pick on this position, but if we can fall back and get Sidney Brown in the second round, who's uh, you know, a little bit more dense build than Brian Branch, but you know, every bit of a, of a dynamic athlete, a guy that really is physical, that has been super successful in man coverage from the slot, uh, that I got a chance to be around him at the Senior Bowl and really kind of fell in love with his practice energy, and now he was. So, you know, I think that it's it's not just a Brian Branch or or or, or nothing, right? I think there's other guys and, and another name just to throw out there, Sidney Brown out of Illinois in the second round. Last week we asked you about running back and Bijan Robinson in the draft, and I think you you preached, hey, don't freak out if the Bill if there's a mock draft that has the Bills drafting him because he is that special. And two, I think you even said it, like the chances he's there that late are so slim. Anyway, should we freak out though if we see Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama, mocked to the Bills that in the first round? Yeah, I think so. I, I like. Don't get me wrong, I like Jameer Gibbs a ton. Uh, explosive. Really good receiving skill set. Um, love him as an outside runner, home run threat, dynamic, like good, good football player. But, I mean, you've got James Cook. You've got, you've got um, you know, Naheem Hines, I'm sure they'll rework his deal and he'll be back. I just feel like there's some redundancy with the skill set. And, um, you know, maybe he brings a little bit more than Bijan as a pass catcher, but the, 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 they're just, to me, they're not in the same ballpark. And really, the only reason I budged on, like, the first-round running back conversation is because we talked about B. John Robinson, who I think is a top-three talent in this class at pick 27. Like, that moves me off of my traditional don't draft the running back in the first rounds. And so when you, when you get to that next guy, and that is Gibbs for me, 
you know, that's where I'm like, nah, you, that's, 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 that's not a, a route I'd want to go down. So I don't think he's the game changer uh, that, that a Bijan could be that can really change the dynamics of your offense. I think Gibbs could be a good player for any team, and, and I'd like him for so many different teams, but he's not the Bills pick that I would really love in, in the first round. Joe Marino of the Draft Network and the Locked On Bills podcast. All right, Joe, we've got plenty of time getting up to the draft, and we'll know our, uh, you know, the, the, the needs a little better once we get through free agency, which, uh, you know, the, the, the calendar moves a little slowly, but we're, we're, this is like the deadest time with, with football. We're all just waiting for the franchise tags, the combine, and then things get uh, roaring fast and furious. So um, we'll, we'll keep throwing, going through it as, uh, as we do week by week. Thanks again. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Joe Marino of the Lockdown Bills podcast. You can find the Lockdown Bills podcast anywhere you get your podcasts uh, in the Odyssey app as well. So I would recommend subscribing to Joe. 803-0550-1888-550-2550. When we get back, I think I want to I want to ask you about these Super Bowl odds. Have you looked past the Bills next year's Super Bowl odds? No, not really. I I think both the Jets and the Dolphins are in very odd spots for the odds makers. Odd is they think the way I want to I want to put it. It's why they're called odds makers, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> no. All right. We'll, we'll get to a little bit of that. Uh, 803-0550 on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.